The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media U.S. Part of the way of sort of tamping down the concerns is really taking a bit of an open view to experimenting with what the technology can do and can offer. And a lot of what we're doing is helping our clients navigate a digital transformation Right. So it, do, it doesn't need to be a scary thing. I think if we look at it and evaluate it through the lens of how the technology can help solve a business problem, which is how we basically develop our own product roadmap, start with the business problem and then back into the technology solution, it becomes a lot less scary. Hi, everyone. This is Gideon Fiddlesides, VP of Haymarket Studio and PR Week Custom. I am really, really excited about today's podcast. And before I get started, allow me to thank BCW for supporting and sponsoring it. We're going to talk about AI. And the reason I'm so excited about it is twofold. One, I know everyone out there has so many questions about AI. And a lot of people have offered answers. Not to put any pressure on the man who's about to join me, but He might have a few answers for everybody, and I know that's incredibly valuable. So we're sort of calling this podcast PR Pulse, the AI revolution. That's really what this is all about. Over the years, there have been many game-changing technologies that have emerged that have both improved the process and the perception of the comms industry. At present, though, we are all adjusting to the innovation that will likely have the biggest impact of them all. That's artificial intelligence. So who am I talking to today? Well... PR Week, within the past week of this recording, revealed its Dashboard 25 for 2024, and it was a particular AI focus. One of those honorees is joining us today. It's Chad Latz, who's BCW's Chief Innovation Officer. Chad, it's truly an honor to spend this time with you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Gideon. It's great to be here. I've had the pleasure of knowing Chad for many, many years, and for the 360-degree conversation that I'm hoping to have today. Couldn't think of a better person to talk to than you. We're going to talk about things from cognitive AI to actionable insights, from how comms can uniquely benefit from AI to the exciting opportunities that are around the corner that a lot of you may not see right now. But after this conversation, maybe you'll know what to look for. And of course, we're going to talk about missing disinformation a little bit because it's kind of hard to have a conversation these days without mentioning that, right? So without any further ado, Let's get right to the conversation. And Chad, this is sort of a stage setter question, if, if, uh, if, if I could put it any other way. PR Week recently named you to the Dashboard 25 AI edition, as I noted before. You are clearly a voice people should listen to when it comes to, well, innovation and AI. We're going to certainly talk about a lot of those things today, but here's what I want to ask you. As BCW's innovation head, can you describe to our audience what you view as the organizational imperative when it comes to innovation? Yeah, yeah, of course, Gideon. You know, I'd like to just kind of talk a little bit about the directive to create the role. I think, you know, we I took I took up the role of chief innovation officer a little over seven years ago which more or less corresponded with our, our very first strategy on AI for, for the agency. And in the time following that, we started to direct some of our attention towards this, you know, looking at really unique opportunities to plug AI into different aspects of our client work. We did a, com- a couple of really interesting award-winning activations for clients. And then, of course, the whole AI subject went soft. And I think what typically happens in the, in the area of innovation is that, you know, there are these cycles of, of different technologies that kind of come in and, and come out. 
And a big part of what we do from an innovation perspective is take a look at those, evaluate how they're going to impact organizations, and then and then map that going forward and, and plan around the business. We had a little bit of a joke with a, a colleague where we were talking about uh, and, and, and listing off all of the technologies that kind of came came into the fore and then faded away that we could all kind of uh, remember over time. You know, people asking about their Periscope strategy or their Meerkat strategy or their Vine strategy. So <laughs> A big part of, of, of what we have to do on the innovation front is keep tab on all of the uh, the emerging innovations that may impact our clients' business and needs, and then shape uh, solutions that really address those opportunities to improve communications. I think you opened by talking about the impact of, of AI specifically, and, and the way that we're really thinking about that is really through the lens of, of clients' business problems. I think it's very easy for us to get excited about the technology in and of itself, and I think from what we've seen with regards to the impact on, of generative AI on business, there is no alternative but to have innovation really at the center of what we're doing, organizationally speaking. You know, when it's done right, it's a business strategy that really comes from the top. And as I think you know, Corey DeBrow joined the organization last year, and innovation was literally right at the top of the strategic priorities for the firm. Uh, and at the same time, Anna Maria also places a premium on innovation as a key driver for the business. And if you had a chance to sit in on Capital Markets Day for WPP, you will have heard about everything that WPP is doing to place AI squarely at the center of the enterprise to power all facets of the way that agencies are delivering solutions for clients. At BCW, we really see ourselves very well aligned to this, but in our case, we're casting AI and innovation through the lens of communications and how we're solving challenging problems for clients. Uh, and while I've had the role of chief innovation officer for seven years or so, you know, this work's not done alone. Uh, our chief technology officer, Chris Keefe, is a, is a critical partner. We've got innovation leaders across our regions around the world. Uh, and you've noted in your past reporting that, you know, our partnerships, particularly with Limbic, have been at a cornerstone for us driving innovation across the business as well. So, you know, we think that the future state of communications really requires putting this squarely at the center of the agency. And we saw a bit of a sea change in the way that leaders began to think about innovation. It began during the pandemic when an inability to innovate and adapt became an existential threat. So now with the pace of technology and the disruptive force of AI, there's no alternative but to have innovation straight at the center of the agency. So I think everybody's gotten excited about the technology and where it's going. Uh, and there's no doubt that without putting innovation at the center of, of, of business, and we can talk a little bit more about that later on, it's likely to end up leaving you behind. Thank you for that, Chad. First of all, um, thank you for the trip down memory lane, Vine, Periscope. Wow. That isn't even that long ago, but wow, it's, it, it, really is, it really is amazing. But I have a feeling people are not going to be talking about AI in that way. They're going to be talking about AI like it's the, it just started again a year from now, five years from now. It's not going anywhere, obviously. Now I'm getting to a little bit more specifics because so much talk about AI right now does revolve around generative AI. But I know that you focus a lot on cognitive AI as a means to promote and protect organizations and brands against weaponized misinformation. It's clearly a matter of great relevance to so many on this podcast today. So very happy just to sort of give you the stage chat to talk a little bit about your focusing on cognitive AI, some of the things that's brought to bear at BCW, and so on and so forth. So, Chad, the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Gideon. I, I think, you know, there's probably a little bit of additional um, roadway to kind of lay, to, to lay down here. Mm-hmm. If, if we think about the web and, and, and the function that the web played, it really democratized information. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then if you think about what's happened with regards to social media, social media really democratized media. Generative AI, the way we're sort of thinking about it, is it's really democratized cognitive process and creative capability. And, and back to your earlier point in terms of like, you know, you, you expect that we're going to be talking about this for a long time to come. I, I can't help but agree with you. Um, I think that the transformation that we're seeing is, is, is significant. And, and the big reason for that is, you know, what we, we sometimes refer to as the consumerization of generative AI. You know, it's that, it's that, it's that moment where all of a sudden, you know, when, when, when uh, OpenAI dropped ChatGPT, it really unlocked everybody's imagination around what the potential of this could be. Prior to that, training models, utilizing AI in the work was, was expensive. It was time-consuming. It was also often difficult to explain to clients the impact that it would have on, on the work itself. When all of a sudden you've got a chat-based interface where you can ask the AI a question and get uh, a, a fairly sig significant mm -hmm. and comprehensive output, that really started to unlock people's imagination in that respect. So, you know, generative AI is the thing. It's landed. It's finding its way into all of the enterprise technologies that all of our colleagues in the industry are using on the day in and day out, in a day in and day out basis. The interest, obviously, from a generative AI perspective is largely as it relates to the ability to optimize uh, and, uh, and speed the production of, of creative assets, the creation of content, of course, is, is, is one of the biggest use cases. So if, if generative AI is about replicating human task, cognitive AI for us is about replicating the way humans think. You know, how are they going to go about processing inform information, which for us, you know, we find that uh, exceptionally interesting. And really, cognitive AI was really the foundation of the solution that we built with our partners over at Limbic, our BCW Decipher powered by Limbic solution, which predicts the impact of, of communications uh, for for our clients. So, you know, there is that difference between what generative AI does and what cognitive AI does. And we're, we're using, we're, we're of course using both of them, but being able to use the AI to predict how audiences will, in essence, react and engage with content is particularly valuable, especially when, you know, you think a little bit about the the challenges that communicators are facing today. We're, we're facing a polycrisis, a very, very complex information ecosystem and information environment, whether you're, whether you're concerned about uh, the trajectory of the elections, supply chain, any, any one of a number of complicated tasks, the economy, these are all things that are impacting brands on the day in and day out. So to be able to have uh, a foundational solution that brings together the best of what cognitive AI and generative AI can offer paired with consultancy on communications is, is really for us, it was a big impetus behind the creation of that solution in partnership with Limbic. And I noticed uh, you very kindly acknowledged Zach Schwitzky, who is a mm -hmm. founders of Limbic on, on the, uh, the Dashboard 25 as, as well. We were really, really, really pleased to see that. You know, I wanted to come back to the topic of, of AI and misinformation. You know, we're seeing a, a really critical moment where um, mis and disinformation has become a very significant problem for brands, whether you're looking at, at it through the lens of an election integrity or just quite simply misinformation that, that causes reputational threat and harm. And of course, the rise of generative AI and deep fakes put in the hands of bad actors really creates additional challenges for brands. You know, we're thinking about obviously looking at the use of, of AI uh, and cognitive AI to detect those signals and that misinformation so that we can give clients a clear view and a prediction on what misinformation will create impact 
uh, on the brand and as a result, create a communication strategy to get out ahead of it. Um, oftentimes, people think about this through the lens of truth and fiction. And, you know, at the moment, we're living in a bit of a post-factual world. And that's not to say that uh, truth is not important. It's, it's critically important. And integrity in the, in the information environment is critically important. But, you know, one person's truth is another person's fake news. And so, you know, the, the better solution is to leverage cognitive AI as a way to really sort of detect what people will likely believe and likely engage with as a way to inoculate threat. Yeah, one person's truth is another person's fake news. That really shouldn't ever be true, but <laughs> it is. And that very, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Let me, if you don't mind, let me throw you perhaps a little bit of a curveball. And it's probably not a curveball to you, but maybe to some it would be. I think when you start talking about cognitive AI and, you know, AI having the ability to think the way humans think, I think that is where you enter an area where human PR professionals, and last I checked, all PR professionals were human, um, get a little bit concerned. Wait a minute. Is this starting? Is this something that we really need to be concerned about that maybe they won't need us anymore? Um, now, I'm sure you're going to say no, you, that is not going to be the case. But I'd like to give you the floor to maybe for a minute sort of calm people's fears if they do exist about, you know, hey, Cognitive AI is a good thing for PR professionals. So how is that for a curveball? Yeah, not really a curveball because I, I actually think that I actually think that AI is is good for communications. Um, good really good for communications writ large. I think it's going to challenge us to think about um, doing our, our work differently. And when I think about the solutions that we're delivering at the agency, you know, part of it is of course focused on picking up on our client signals the market signals to create new solutions for our clients like BCW Decipher, powered by Limbic. But also part of it is how do we um, better deliver and optimize the delivery of our work for, for, our, for our clients. And if you've ever, and if you've ever um, done an exercise where you've sort of create, used generative AI to create a piece of content um, side by side with your own sort of capability, I think, you know, what you sort of see is a good first start or a good first pass at, at, at distilling out information or an approach that inherently requires the expertise of, of ourselves on the communications side to refine it. And I think where we run into problems is to think that the technology itself is going to wholesale replace our capabilities. What, what's going to change is our own sort of collection of skill sets, prompt mastery, the, the, the way that we're going to be basically be able to unlock the potential of the tools and the technologies to do the work to do the work ahead in a way that adds more value to our clients. So, you know, I think it's probably fair to say that the technology is excellent. It's not perfect. It requires the expertise of communicators. And, uh, and, and I think if you think about how AI is also transforming the newsroom, which is something as PR practitioners we care a lot about, what I've learned from colleagues that are working in tier one newsrooms is that they're taking a look at what's coming their way. And they're using generative AI detectors to determine whether or not the pitches being sent their way have been created through generative AI. So I think this idea that we're going to forsake the relationships that we build with media, use the technology to do the majority of our tasks, or in fact be replaced by the technology itself, I just think it's a, it's a bit of a misguided um, perception. The thing that I think is not an option for communicators, whether you're on the client side, the organization side, or the, or the agency side, is to not take and, and embrace and evaluate these technologies, not bring them on board. I think that, you know, there are, there are some, some practitioners, they talk about 
this notion of AI free. And they, they hold it up a little bit as a badge of, uh, badge of pride. You know, we believe in the craft. We're not going to use the technology to create the outputs. But I think, you know, that's, I think that's going to be like trying to convince people that buggy whips are something that, that folks should be, should be buying, right? It's going to be a very outdated um, point of view or perspective. Actually, cool. I think buggy whips might be more valuable than not using AI, but that's just my opinion. Um, well, okay, Chad, thank you for making sure that my pitching career was as short as just as short as it possibly could be. But I thought that was a really good point because I just I don't want I know there are people out there who are still somewhat fearful about AI and what it's going to do for them. And I and, and every time someone like you could say something like that, I think it's important it just reinforces that this is a good thing for the industry. I think. Um for those of us who have been in the industry for a bit, we've sort of seen these cycles of the way digital transformation impacts our industry mm-hmm. and how they sort of fi- find their way into the different functional areas of our clients' business, mm-hmm. whether that was, you know, social media or now obviously AI, generative AI. And I think part of the way of sort of tamping down the concerns that you sort of suggest is really taking a, a bit of a, an open view to experimenting with what the technology can can do and can offer, mm-hmm. and and a lot of what we're doing is 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 helping our clients navigate that trans again a digital transformation, right? So it do, it doesn't need to be a scary thing. I think if we look at it and evaluate it through the lens of how the technology can help solve a business a business problem, which is you know how we how we basically develop our own product roadmap, start with the business problem, and then back into the technology solution, mm-hmm. it becomes a lot less scary. Well said. And so all of you out there, you should have been taking notes already. But if you haven't been, I suggest you start thinking about it now, because this is going to be the next question I'm going to ask Chad is something really, really tactical. And it's something I think every single person out there really, really wants to know about. So one of the many of the many factors where AI can help communicators, its potential to supercharge data collection and use ranks among the very top. And that premise spurs this question. How can communicators take the vast amount of data that AI produces and turn it into actionable insights that can be used right away? This is like real time on steroids we're talking about here. Very tactical and it's very important. So actionable insights right away. Chad, you are the professor here when it comes to this stuff. So I'll let you speak. <laughs> yeah, you know, Gideon, I kind of want to challenge, I sort of want to challenge this idea that that AI is what's responsible for creating the vast quantities of data. Sure. Okay. Okay. I hope that's all right. Of course. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think, of course, if you think about it through the lens of synthetic data, the content that's going to be created that'll find its way out into the ecosystem as a result, uh, as a result of the use of generative AI, certainly we're going to see AI being responsible for creating data. I think there was a study that showed that, you know, up to 90% of content that we're going to find on find out there on the internet in the next, you know, several years will have been at least in some part created by AI or by, by generative AI. But I think where the real value is being able to really sort of distill the, the signal from the noise. So we, we were talking a little bit about cognitive AI and, and the role that that plays, you know, the way that we're utilizing it is we're evaluating hundreds of millions of individual artifacts to detect patterns uh, in terms of usage to train up models. And so what we're able to then do is distill signal from noise, help our uh, communications uh, clients, you know, determine what it is that they need to be paying attention to. 
And so, you know, most organizations, when we talk to clients, most organizations, they say, they say a couple things. One, we're absolutely awash in data. We have more data than we know what to do with. And from a tools perspective, we've probably got subscriptions to all the same things that the agencies do. Um, the second thing that they usually say is we have no idea. We, we, we don't really know where the, where the insights lie. We don't mm-hmm. know what, uh, what, what, what things we should be paying attention to. And that's a big part, in my mind, where, where the AI comes in. It really is, is, is great at pattern detection. It helps us determine what it is that we should be um, focusing our, our energy and our efforts on uh, specifically. And, uh, and so in that, res- in that respect, you know, it's not necessarily that the AI is creating the data. It's, it's how we're using and applying the, the, the AI to, to make better sense of the volumes of data that, that, that our clients typically have or that sort of pervade the information ecosystem. And I think as we talked a little bit be- about before, Gideon, it's, it, it is a human plus technology solution. We put things into the machine. We look at what comes out of the machine, comes out of the models, we evaluate models against each other all the time to determine the effectiveness of that. But it requires somebody with the expertise in a client in a client's business and a client's issue to really determine what those signals really truly mean. I always love it when I ask a question and then the person I'm speaking to sort of turns it around. I always find that's among the most useful information that comes out of these conversations. So I am always happy when when someone does something like that. I think that's great. And, you know, you're right. I came into that question thinking one thing and you sort of made it look, you sort of turned it around to something else. I think that's really, really important. So um, I know everyone got something really, really interesting out of that, um, about what you just said there. So I really do appreciate that. And um, so this next uh, topic I want to talk about is also something very interesting because, you know, you know, com- communications and marketing, you know, they, you know, they're getting along. Okay. Now I think maybe better than maybe the better than they, d- they used to, but you know what, there's still differences with the disciplines and that's kind of where this question comes in. So whenever new innovation is introduced, comms pros often focus on how that innovation and its application can distinguish them from other disciplines. In that vein, love to get your thoughts, Chad, on how you see the difference between how comms applies or should apply AI versus how those in marketing or advertising might do so. Yeah, it's, I love this question, Gideon, because I, I think we, we, we have, we've had a, a number of historical references here. I think when we, when we, remember, um, we remember when social media came on the scene, it was largely it largely lived in the universe of communications, right? Mm-hmm. It was, a, mm-hmm. it was a, a way of leveraging impact perception among, among publics. And so it really found its way into our, in, into our discipline. Fast forward maybe, maybe just a year or so beyond that, you know, marketing saw this as a way to, to, to scale engagement for brands. And then on, from a media perspective, obviously scale media and reach. And, and, and so we see that cycle kind of play out over and over again. This time, I think, as it relates to AI, it's very different, right? I think everybody's seeing their distinct use cases for the technology. Creative is really, really, really focused on how we're leveraging generative AI to, to, to dial up creativity, to, to speed the development and the creation of creative assets and bring those out to market. Media is focused, obviously, on how we make the, the engagement and the touch of media um, more effective and optimized for for organizations, but I think communications use cases are absolutely unique and distinct. You know, of course, there is a collection of what we refer to as comms tech solutions out there that are meant to help um, practitioners deliver their core responsibilities of media relations better. Right? Use AI to to figure out the best way for us to pitch mm-hmm. journalists, for example, but. 
when I think about solutions like the one we've created with the BCW Decipher, it's against a, it's against a really, really different and very specific communications challenge, which is how do we leverage AI, in essence, to help protect and promote a brand? And to go back to a point you were making about sort of the prominence of comms inside the inside the sort of what's called the C-suite cabinet, I will say, you know, we saw this happen during the pandemic where communications became a much more essential advisor. So, so many of our engagements during that time, you know, the clients that we were working with were quite literally at the C-suite level. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't really about marketing product. It was about how do we navigate a, a really, really volatile environment. Of course, that volatility continues, which continues to create the need for more advanced cognitive AI solutions put through the lens of communication specifically. So, you know, at the end of the day, our, our approach is not really about how do, we, how do we write a press release faster Mm-hmm. Maybe how do we go about targeting Gideon, <laughs> Gideon over at PR Week better? Although, you know, those are places where we're utilizing some technologies and exploring some of those technologies. It's how do we answer the fundamental task about helping a client promote and protect their reputation, right? And so, you know, we, the reason we created the solutions, the solutions we did and the solutions we will continue to create is because we see distinct problems that our clients are facing that are not necessarily being uh, solved by sort of pure play off the shelf generative AI solutions, right? Mm-hmm. There, there, there is that sort of ongoing need to cast innovation through the lens of our practices and the lens of the business problems that our clients are trying to solve. You know, Chad, thank you for that. And um, what's really exciting about, you know, speaking to people like you is that, you know, you really are thinking a few steps ahead of a lot of other people as to what AI can do for communications. And um, in some ways, I guess that segues really, really nicely into the last topic we're going to talk about. And when in the beginning of this podcast, I did say, um, when it comes to looking around the corner, Chad has x-ray vision. Okay, maybe he doesn't have x-ray vision, but it's pretty good vision. <laughs> so you wear many hats in your role, obviously, Chad. And among them, I imagine, is prognosticator. So with that in mind, I'm very excited to ask you, what opportunities in the marketplace do you see around the corner that will allow communications to really take a leading role in the adoption of AI and in turn further establish its position, as we just discussed, a key business leader? I think, you know, for, for us, it's, a real, it's really about making sure that we continue to apply the AI in the most distinct and unique ways for our clients' business challenges, while at the same time, not working, um, not working opportunities that overlap with what we're going to see come down through commercial solutions. It's very interesting to sort of sit down. We, we do a lot of these workshops with clients, innovation workshops with clients where we're um, specifically focused on how we think AI might improve their business. It's very easy to go to a very tactical place very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I think what we're starting to see is, is, is making sure that we're, we're bringing on the latest models, adopting, uh, adopting and adapting our approach for the emerging challenges that are facing our clients' business and, and, and engineering solutions that are distinctly answering those challenges and those problems. There, there are, of course, other technologies that we're seeing in the landscape where we're going to see AI, generative AI, and cognitive AI intercept other things that you've heard us talk about. You know, before it was AI, of course, it was Metaverse and Web3. There will be places, of course, where the component parts of Web3, like blockchain, for example, and the intersectionality of blockchain and uh, and uh, and generative AI are going to become very very important mm. 
as it relates to the digital provenance of things that are created utilizing generative AI. Uh, those, and those are things that we're going to have to obviously look at and continue to pay attention to. But the models continue to get better and better over time. Uh, you know, I have, you know, this is, this is, a, this is largely a, a big part of my job. And, you know, you wake up the next morning and there are, you know, two model, two new models that have been released, <laughs> existing models that are there. So it's, it's really sort of a constant, constant job, a constant evaluation of what it is, um, of what it is that the te- technology could offer. The way we're thinking about it is foundational technologies that are going to find their way into the tools that you're using every single day, Gideon, whether you know the AI is there or not. Mm-hmm. There's the, the, the near-term solutions that we're creating for, for our clients like BCW, Decipher powered by Limbic. And then there are those three to five year moonshots where we have a, a collection of team members thinking about new and unique ways to apply the technologies for our clients' future challenges. Um, so, you know, I, hopefully, hopefully that answers your question a little bit in terms of like, you know, how we think about scanning the future ahead. You know, when I come into these conversations, um, I often think, geez, I really wish we had more than 25 minutes. But after that thought, it's like, you know, what I really hope is everyone listening to a conversation can be educated and inspired. I think Chad, you did a terrific job of that. And, you know, it's look, AI, like we said in the beginning, it's not going anywhere. I mean, this conversation is going to evolve tremendously. The conversation might be different tomorrow, literally, than it is today, <laughs> but uh, that's the exciting part. Um, but you know what? It's just, I think, again, the overarching message here is that AI is really something to, to be embraced by communicators because the possibilities of what it can do for your jobs and your positions in your companies with your clients, what have you, are really, really exciting. And obviously with uh, leaders like Chad Latz um, showing the way. Uh, the future definitely looks bright. We also got a sense of just how busy you are. So um, the time that you spent with us today is also very much appreciated. So Chad, I want to thank you for spending the time with me today. This was a terrific conversation. I obviously want to thank BCW for, for supporting this and sponsoring this podcast. And of course, I want to thank all of you out there for listening. I want to wish all of you a great rest of your day and thanks for tuning in. Thanks.